What's up, everybody? It's Friday. You know, or not Friday. It's Saturday. You know what that means. It's another edition of Curveballs and Chair Shots. My name is Brandon Tanguma, sitting electronically more than six feet away from me, but not yesterday because we were actually together for the first time in over a year. My loveliness team co-host, Dominic Hobson. Dominic, how are you doing today? Well, Brandon, today was officially my last day with Outdoor Supply Hardware, so um, I'm fucking excited, juiced. Let's fucking go yesterday went to the a's game got a little i guess i guess by the tail end of it i was maybe lightweight buzzing like i wasn't like buzzed or hammered drunk whatever but you know i was like i felt good i felt really good you know so and i got to hang out with you know one of my good friends you would say maybe even maybe a best friend also a colleague named brandon so it was a great night no brian was not there but brian will be here soon and i will be replaced and me and dominic We'll never talk to each other ever again because I will be replaced and I will fall from the number one, maybe number two, all the way down to unranked because Brian just takes all those spots up. I mean, so, I'm not going to say you're going to fall that far, but you know, like, I'm, you know, let's just say I'm not making the, the uh, national championship tournament. You, you'll, you'll make it to the sweet 16. You know, that's about it though. But yes, went to the A's game yesterday. It was fun. First time I was really out in like a big public setting. A's won. Shohei shoved. But the A's still won. So that makes it all the better. And good thing we didn't go to the game right now because as it stands, they are losing 4-0. So uh, yeah, but yes, Dominic, no more outdoor supply hardware. He is officially, as long as he doesn't fuck up anything, going to be with AT&T because he is a natural born pole climber. Yes. And don't get it twisted. Not a pole dancer pole climber i climb yo pole yeah so when yeah. something when something happens when your at&t internet phone cable goes out dominic is gonna shimmy his tight little ass all the way up that telephone pole and fix it for you right i mean is this, is this something you, you would have to do like on the regular or is just something that you have to do in case of like an well you know brandon you could do this maybe after the podcast and if you're listening to this podcast, maybe you're driving home, maybe you're driving, you know, somewhere around town. Look, look out your window. You see a telephone pole there. Maybe there's some pegs on it. Maybe there's no pegs. If there's pegs, I don't need to climb it with the little belt. If there's pe- no pegs, I have to. And yes, Brandon, it is possibly a regular, a regular everyday kind of thing. But from what I was told, it's not quite that often. It's more like, hey, my TV isn't turning on. Come turn it on kind of bullshit like that. Yes. When the grandkids aren't home and they can't just switch it off to HDMI 2. That kind of thing, right? Sounds like you have some experience. You want to apply for AT&T? Nah, you know, I'm making just so much money with Down Under Digital. I mean, I've got a, you know, it's a startup and it's just, it's it's on the cusp right now. It's really about to take off and I'm just going to. You know, I'm going to live in Silicon Valley and I'm going to be one of those those Silicon Valley bro assholes. Even Driving though, a Tesla and thinking you're hot shit. And then, you know, 
and I get shit faced. I was like, oh man, it's automatic driver. I don't need to do anything. And then it wrecks. And then uh, you're dead. No more, no more podcast. Yep. And yep. all no, I'll do a podcast. I'll probably get, you know, like Brian to do it. Okay. Okay. Could, you know, I was, could get Tyler to do it because he's been on the podcast one before, but you guys are beefing big time, right? Well, you know, he, he, you know, it's because, you know, I went, I went on a limb for him. You know, I told him, you know, hit me up if Trevor's being an asshole, you know, but, you know, I got nothing in response, you know. So, you know, yeah, just, you know, hurts, yeah, you know, hurts, you know, yeah. hurts. I, yeah, I do know, you know, he, he, you know, he doesn't talk to me at all. You know, he, you know, I tell him if you want, you know, what do you yeah. want to pop? And he's just like, you know, you know, you know, you know, I mean, my opinion, in my opinion, you know, you know, I mean, you know, Dominic, do you know if like, you know, if you actually like, you know, text him, do you go out and limit like, put out the I've never page? like, you know, I, you know, it's been a while since I've like, you know, actually like you know, opened up Tyler Gunnerson, clicked his name and like personally messaged him. But, you know, I've you, know what, you know what, Dominic, how about like live on the podcast? You text Tyler right now and see what happens. OK, let's see what happens. Hang on. Let's see. OK, yeah. Opening up the phone messages. Let's see. When's the last time you texted Tyler solo? Tyler not, solo. Not, let's see. not in the group chat. Two twenty two twenty one. Damn. So it's been two months since you've solo and, texted and, Tyler. And this was when. He was looking for a job. Like you remember that when he was just like, "Oh, I need a better job." Because back when he was working at Dunder Mifflin, yep, and we play Fortnite every single night. And I was trying to get him to work. With, well, Mary and I were trying to get him to work with Mary because you know he needed a job and it was a good job, steady hours, Monday through Friday. You know, blah 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 blah. And then you know that was the last time. Okay, so what what am I texting him? I don't know. Should I just be like, "Hey." Just, I don't know, ask him, like, how's your day doing, bub? How is your day going? You said bub? Say, like, thinking of you with, like, a kissy face emoji or something. Something like, <laughs> something a little flirty. Something okay. to get his, you know, juices flowing. Thinking of you, babe. Kissy face. Hang on. Where's my kissy face? Kissy face. There we go. All right. Sent. All right. So as we wait on that, we will get into the MLB standings. Isn't he with uh, his girlfriend right now? Miss Haley? Yes. Number one fan. Mm -hmm. You have to call her Miss Haley now. According to the podcast, that's what the uh, the children call her. And Tyler hates it. So to get on his nerves, you have to call his girlfriend Miss Haley. Because it makes her sound old. (laughs) That's amazing. Okay. So, but yes, is he with Miss Haley? I believe he is with Miss Haley. Okay, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, she doesn't get jealous that I'm texting her man. So, But yes, the American League East, the Rays are atop the East now. They took it over. They went on that long, long winning streak. It came to an end. They are 33-20 and with a game over the Red Sox. Red Sox not playing bad. It's just the Rays are playing that much better. Then the Yankees, three games back. Blue Jays, five and a half games back. Still over 500, but they've kind of fallen off in the past week. And then the, those poor, poor Orioles. Dominic, your thoughts? Uh, we'll talk about the Yankees in a little bit because they got some injury issues. But the Rays on fire. Do you feel like – I know that's an historic running streak they're on, you know, second to the A's, 13. But do you think they can keep this up? And do you see them kind of being at the top and being the uh, contender slash leader of – the Easter will the Red Sox overtake or the Yankees will overtake or the Blue Jays and well, definitely not the Orioles with you with you on your little 
little spiel right there. Tyler texts back already. Ooh, look at that quick trigger. So look, it's not like he hates you. It's just you need to start the conversation, Dominic. He said, thanks, pal. Congrats on the pole climbing stuff, man. I'm proud of you. Can't wait to see Rich Dominic. Oh, it's so cute. You're going to make me cry. Should I call him now? I mean, if you want to. But... No, 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 no. I should, I should tell him to be like, you know, thanks, man. Prove, you know, you just proved Brandon right. Thank you. Something like that. I don't know. Because Brandon is sometimes right. Right? Right. Exactly. Uh, you didn't even answer my question. The Rays. What do you think can, of the Rays, Dom? Can they stay on top? Um, the Rays are not going to stay on top. I'll tell you why. Their pitching is all right. But the Red Sox, I think, are just going to be a little little bit better in the long run. Going the distance, Red Sox, you know, it's got a lot of game left. Got a lot of games left. So I don't think the Red Sox can keep that momentum going forward. Red Sox, you know, hit a little bump in the road, but that's nothing that the Red Sox can't handle. So I got my money back on the Red Sox. I was a believer of the Red Sox. I still have them being a solid team. The lineup is loaded, but looking at kind of the starting pitching in the bullpen, I'm a little weary of that being able to keep up because they kind of, if you look at the stats in the ERA, that a lot of them have like elevated ERAs and they kind of get bailed out because the Red Sox score so many runs. So that's something that does kind of worry me, but the Rays, they just continue to keep on churning out young pitching and able to get it done. And they, I mean, besides like Blake Snell and Charlie Morton, like their lineup is pretty much the same from what it was last year. So I, I think they're still going to be in the mix for a majority of the year and they're going to be in contention. Then the Yankees, three games back, 22 and 29 or 29 and 22. They uh, have even more injuries to deal with in his very next start after the no hitter, Corey Kluber experienced shoulder tightness, and now he's going to be gone for two months. We were wondering what's going to happen with the rotation behind Garrett Cole, and they've been phenomenal, but then another injury to the team, Luke Voigt, who just returned from whatever injury is now down with an injury. So, you know, you got John Carlo who's coming back, but then Kluber Voigt and then some other guys, I think Aroldis Chapman's kind of dealing with something day to day. He might be kind of sick, but I mean, the Yankees there, we, we always give it the caveat that if they stay healthy. They can be really good, but once again, they're not healthy. Well, you know, I'm, I'm starting to think that, you know, I understand the Yankees are, you know, throughout history, one of the best franchises, if not the best. I'm starting to think that that whole stigma is starting to die off with them. And it starts with when Jeter retired. So I, I'm, I'm not saying that they can't Don't tell be the something. Yankees fans that 27 rings, bro. I, I you think I give a shit? I asked you a question, motherfucker. Do you think I give a shit? No, thank you. But what I'm just saying is, you know, it, it, it turns into, I keep saying, you know, fuck. You it just, just realized that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't pay attention. I just do bullshit every day, all day. So, but um, yeah, it, it for me, it's just when Judah retired, I feel like, you know, damn it. <sighs> I'm turning into Lexi. Just go slow. Just you remember Lex? Slow. You know, I like, 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 fuck. Okay, I'll try this again. I bet you do remember Lexi. <laughs> um, Travis will get that joke. Yeah, he will. 
and then nobody else will. But that, that's what we do this podcast for. It's just to make stupid little jokes that nobody else will get, except for that us. only one person will get because it's the one person that listens that, you know, it's from. Well, no, I think Donnie still listens. I don't know. Donnie, if you listen, text me. Anyways, it, Yankees, Jeter retired. He took all the mojo that was left with the Yankees and took it away from them. And now they're left with, you know, a shell of their former franchise. Yeah, I mean the starting pitching has been just absolutely phenomenal for the for the Yankees, and even with Garrett Cole, who didn't get the win against the Tigers, which is kind of crazy to think about, but they're almost kind of like the Red Sox. They, for some reason, they're not exactly up there. The pitching, I mean, the pitching is really great, but then they, for they just kind of find a way. It's almost like the opposite, where the Yankees pitching is really good, but then the lineup where you kind of expected it to be, you know, the Bronx Bombers isn't exactly like that. Like they'll have the few hot hitters like John Carlo had it for going for a while, Aaron judge. And then now kind of everyone's kind of falling back down where they're all kind of meh, but I still got to keep the faith with the Yankees, but the Corey Kluber news, he was beating up on bad teams, but we were maybe thinking that he was going to finally return to form. Not exactly Cy Young Cleveland Kluber, but a lot better than what he was doing the past two years where he couldn't even play because he couldn't stay healthy. And now, he goes out there and I forget how many pitches he threw exactly, but I think over a hundred and then next start can only throw 60 or 40 pitches and he's down for two months. So that definitely sucks for him. The blue Jays, this is kind of where exactly where I thought they would be They're above 500 good team. I mean, Vlad jr. That ass is a wagon just hitting fucking slap dicks all over the place, but yet they're just in a really tough division to where at 26 and 24, they could be, Okay, maybe not in the American League, but in the National League, they they could be like leading the division or you know be a top contender for other uh, other divisions. But poor, poor blue blue Jays. Can I just bring up a question? And I'm I'm I might get shit for it, but I just just curious. You know how uh, I'm? Well, I'm not even gonna say it. I'm just gonna say it like this. Do you think MLB? Do you think it'll be cool, healthy, fun, different if the MLB kind of switched up divisions every once in a while? You know, uh, every 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 other year, Fuck it, make it like the NBA. Just have American League and National League, and top eight teams make it in. I, would that be cool with you? Would that be okay with you? I mean, because for me, it would be. I'm not gonna say better for some teams, but you. Know, I mean, you can keep it how it is. You know, you have the um, the five teams in in a division, but you just change it every year. You know, you hit random on a button, and it just pops up, and that's your division, and you got to you know beat out your division every year just so then you don't get stuck with but from a a logistic standpoint especially for the west coast teams that is a bitch to travel i mean well but you're not trapped but so then my thing is couldn't you just could you just keep the same scheduling but you just got to get you know you're just different teams you know so even if you're not in the AOS, the A's will play the Astros 19 times, 19 times a year, despite being in the AL East. Now I see where you're going with it. Yeah, never mind. That's a bitch to travel. Fuck that. Yeah, fuck that. Uh, going over to the American League Central, the top two teams have kind of separated themselves from the rest of the division. The White Sox, 30 and 20, and then the Indians, 27 and 22. I mean, really not much to talk about. Kind of same stuff. The Twins are not in last place anymore, so that's good for them. Dominic's World Series champion, Detroit Tigers, got the big win against the Yankees yesterday, so 
maybe they can turn it around. I mean, they only got 31 losses. You can turn it on, get a 22 win streak in a row, and they're back in the hunt, right, Dominic? Taco Bell's here. Be right back. Yes, Dominic had Taco Bell ordered. So he he told me beforehand that he has his Taco Bell order coming, and I didn't know exactly what that meant. So maybe at the end of the podcast, by the time all the Taco Bell taco-ness settles into his stomach, maybe he can have a, a nice juicy surprise for all you guys out there. But the White Sox, they're I, I think they might be like the beneficiary of being in a weaker division. They are a good team on starting nine. They kind of talked about this of like, where do you rank them top five? And I kind of agree with them where the White Sox, I think, are like the five where, let's see, Angels, Astros, then Rays, Red Sox, and then probably the White Sox at the end. You can make it. I mean, I mean, you can't really make a case for the Yankees or the Blue Jays right now with the way that they've been playing, but. I think White Sox are probably like the five or four. And so with the Tigers, Twins, and Royals all in that same division, they're going to be playing them whatever 19 times three is. That's a lot of kind of gimme wins right there. But they're really talented. They have Eloy and uh, Robert on the IL. So that that's going to hurt them. But... I still believe that they will be a, a, a contender. They'll, I think they're still they're going to win the division. They're going to be in the playoffs, and they can make some some noise if those two guys can come back healthy. Hopefully, nothing happens to the pitchers. Lucas Giolito, he did get the win against uh, his high school teammate Jack Flaherty, and he hasn't been doing that great this season. He's not exactly was like the dog shit years he had before last year, but he definitely is in twenty twenty Giolito right now, and I'm hoping that maybe he can step it up and he can get a little bit better, but. White Sox be fine. Cleveland, I think they are kind of overachieving, but with the the bad division that they're in, they will accumulate wins and kind of stick around. I don't think they're going to be a wild card team because with the Astros or the A's, whoever is second in the West is probably going to make it, and then who's ever second in the East is going to make it. I mean, hell, maybe three teams out of the East make it if someone just falls off a cliff. But Dominic, are you back from your Taco Bell excursion? He is not. So we will move on over to the AL West, the Oakland Athletics, who still currently losing 4-0. They lead with, do they have the best record in baseball? They do not. That would belong to the Rays, 33-20. 6-2-3 winning percentage for the Rays. But yes, the A's, they have a two-and-a-half game lead over the Astros. We talked about last week where I said, oh, the A's and the Astros have easy series with the A's facing the Angels and the Astros facing the Rangers. Rangers whooped that ass against the Astros and the A's were able to take advantage by taking care of business in LA and they were able to generate some separation. And then also the, uh, whatchamacallit, the Astros just completely, I don't know what the hell happened against the Padres in the last inning where they gave up seven runs in the 10th, but Astros losing. I mean, are they kind of falling off a cliff? They lost to the Dodgers. They split. Was it a, two gamer or a three gamer but uh you know they beat trevor bauer which is always kind of fun because trevor bauer was very outspoken against the houston asterisks but i mean astros not exactly the uh, strongest of weeks Framer valdez came back yesterday he looked good and that's gonna definitely help their starting rotation who's been kind of, which has been kind of help, uh, hurt by injuries the Athletics, they just kind of continue to get the job done. They're on a, a streak right now of playing a lot of AOS contenders. And 
facing against, I believe they're facing Seattle next week. So if they can take care of business there, and then I think they're playing the Astros after that. I'm not hundred percent sure, but the uh, A's, this is a big, big week for them to try to separate themselves, not only from the Astros, but kind of the bottom of the division with the Mariners, two games under 500, five and a half back angels, 22 and 29, eight games back. And then the Rangers in last place with nine games back Dominic. Now, have you returned from your Taco Bell excursion? Yes, and uh, the A's game was amazing. Where were we at? I don't know. I just heard like something about the A's. We are in the AO West. That's why we're talking about the A's. Am I, can I do MSR or whatever it's called? Because I'm eating a nacho. Nacho? You just had a nacho yesterday. Good point. Dominic, would you like to talk about uh, our concession stands debacle that happened in the second inning? I mean, it was your debacle, not mine. I mean, you got called before me. Side by side, you know, socially distant, first of all, you know, we're distanced. And uh, he went before me, placed your order, maybe a couple minutes behind was me, placed my fat ass order because, you know, feeding me, myself, I mean, me, Mary, and her nephew. And I not Josh, not, not my brother, not Josh. And finished up before you because you broke the Apple Pay machine. Yes, I did break break the Apple Pay machine. I just, all I wanted was a beer, hot dog, and some peanuts. Nothing too major, but with no A's access, that all came out to $26. Hate to see it. But uh, yeah, I tried to do Apple Pay. You know, they're really pushing that. No cash payments. Everything has to be digital and credit cards. It's like, okay, I got my phone. I can do Apple Pay. I did that all last year. It'll be perfectly fine. And then I, I take it out, and then I put it on the little scanner thingy, and it scans, and then it just says it's authorizing. And I check my phone, and it says I get the receipt. It says it went through. But then on the screen, it says authorizing, authorizing. And then the lady in front of me is just like staring at the screen, staring at me, staring at the screen, staring at me. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, look, it says 26, whatever on my phone. It says it went through. But on her end, it didn't go through. And then she asked like the lady next to her to help. But then she didn't know what the hell to do. So then she asked like the guy in the back to help. And the guy in the back went on a walkie talkie. And then some dude came. I don't know where the fuck he came from, but. He brings out like another iPad, whatever those things are called. And he fucking has to unplug everything and plug it back in. And he replaces everything and still never actually like saw like a confirmation on their end that it went through. But I think they kind of realized that I've been sitting there for like 10 minutes and I'm holding up the line and I showed them a receipt. So, and they, I ain't paying again. I ain't paying 50 bucks for that, for that shit. So yeah, I, I was excited to see Shohei Otani pitch. And then we get there kind of late. Didn't see his bullpen. And then we missed any of, of work for him, but it was such a fun time, Dominic. Yes, it was. And the A's are in first place now. Okay. I give you so much time to eat, Fatty. Come on, help me out here. Uh, I'm still eating, and you just know, just Kirby that shit and just suck it all down your throat. No, no. What are we talking about? Well, now we're going to talk about the National League going over. To the east, the COVID Mets, 24 and 20. They still have a winning record, which is good enough because the rest of the division does not have a winning record. The Braves are 24 and 25. They're playing the uh, the Mets this weekend. So they can not get the division by weekend's end, but they can be on the cusp. They can get over 500 if they play the cards right. The Phillies, 25 and 27, three games back. The Marlins still hanging around three and a half, and the Nationals are in last place. But... At 21 and 26, they are only four and a half games back. The Phillies, Bryce Harper goes down. He was 
he was in an absolute slump, whatever the exact number was, like 0 for 16 or something. They're calling that he has a forearm bruise. Who knows if this is actually like a real thing? Maybe it was just kind of a way to put him on the IL to give him a, a week off. But I mean, this NL East, we had high ex- I don't know if we had, you can call it high expectations, but we saw kind of everyone except for the Marlins being competitive or being really good. And then whether to call it beating up on everyone, but this division, not very good. I mean, that kind of alludes to back my, to my question of being like, could they switch up stuff just because, you know, there's, there's some teams that in their division, they just constantly roll the fuck over them. And it's kind of, you know, uh, not, not fun to watch anymore. That's it. Well, I had a burp and then Mary's going, Oh my God, Lufus is back on. I can't even say it. Lucifer is back on Netflix, but, um, but yeah, the Mets. I knew you were a devil worshiper, Dominic. I am. What are you talking about? Um, the Mets are going to stay on top. Atlanta isn't going to figure anything out. They might even drop down one, but I think the Phillies might be able to claim that wild card. Definitely in the National League. I have more faith in the Braves. The pitching is not very good. They have uh, Mike Soroka and uh, Winoa are down because Winoa has anger management issues and broke his fucking hand, which I never understand why baseball players do that. But I. Uh, lineup i think kind of all the offenses really need to step it up they are all kind of just ice cold at this point especially the mets i mean i know the mets haven't played as many games as the rest of the league but if you look at all the numbers they're like at the bottom of like all the team hitting stats and not very good but still going to hold out hope that my braves i don't know if i call them my braves but i picked them to win the national league maybe even picked them to win the world series i forget but i still gotta have faith gotta keep the faith but the marlins Still there. They have a good young core of pitching, which I think is what's kept them in a lot of ball games. Offensively, doesn't get you too, too excited. But when you got the good pitching with these ice cold offenses, they can do some damage to the Nationals. I mean, they're they're bad, but they're not exactly out of it. I mean, I think looking at like the rest of the division, everyone else is like, you know, nine plus games back if you're in last place. And they're only four and a half. So, yeah, they're not exactly where they want to be, but they're in a better position than most of the other teams in the league. Yeah, but to me, it's the Marlins. Their, their claim to fame was last year. If they turn it on, I'll be surprised. I, I, I don't think they have really... There's nothing in their organization that's making me want to go, damn, don't count them out. I'm, I'm counting them out. Then let's move over to the National League Central where we have a new leader kind of... The Chicago Cubs share the lead with the St. Louis Cardinals at 29 and 22. The Cubs are eight and two in their last 10. So they really have picked it up, helped out that they face the Pirates. Now, Dominic, I know everyone and their mother has probably seen this clip, but your thoughts on the Javi Baez Little League, whatever the fuck that thing was against the Pirates a couple days ago. I think it was Thursday. What is going on? That is that is the worst baseball play I might have ever seen in my entire life from a major league team. He, actually, it was two outs. All he he literally just had a backup and step on the bag, and that even if like that run scored, it doesn't matter because he he got the force out. Just bat all the way around. I when I when I saw it I, at first, I was kind of like, oh. Okay, you know, I understand. I didn't realize there was two outs at the time. 
So in my head, I'm going like, oh, that was a smart play. Okay, this, that, you know, thinking about, you know, the the baseball mindset. You rather get, you rather not let them score, tight game, you know, get it done. But looking back at it, two outs, you literally had to step on the bag. I, I, I don't know if I want to say it was a good play on Baez's, you know, place. Fantastic play on his part. He was able to get a run and a double out of it. But a double, but you saying that's a fantastic play or are you, are you, it was a fantastic play on his part because it worked because the pirates are fucking idiots. Oh, there you go. Never mind then. (laughs) Raise it. Uh, Well, you know, back to the Cubs in general, Dominic, we had question marks of exactly how good they can be. They have still the world series core kind of with Bryant and Rizzo and Baez but then the pitching, we thought it was going to be a little bit of an issue. Pitching isn't exactly top-tier stuff, but they are, they're they hitting the ball. Chris Bryant's having an MVP-type season. He still might be traded at the deadline, but uh, the Cubs right there with the Cardinals. I still feel the Cardinals, you know, they'll high water raises or whatever. I don't even know what the fuck I'm trying to say, whatever that uh, moniker is, but I think the, uh, the cream will rise to the top. There we go. I think the uh, Cardinals will still be ahead, but the Cardinals – or the Cubs, well, it is kind of tough with the the West and how good they are. But the Cubs, if they kind of stay on track, they could, I think, sneak in with the wild card. I'm not going to try to ride their bandwagon. I feel like the Cubs are kind of figuring things out. Um, I wasn't really high on them beginning of the season and what they were doing. Now that they're in first, I think they're going to maintain that lead. I'm um, I'm not saying they I'm. I know they're tied with the Cardinals, but the Cardinals will. They've been playing great. Can't take that away from them, but I think they're going to go down. They're going to start. They're going to lose a few games and the Cubs are going to build on that. So I think it's going to what you're going to be seeing is going to be more of a Cardinal wild card than a Cubs wild card. So you think the Cubs are going to make the are going to win the division and the Cardinals are going to have to win a wild card. Yeah. All right. So then. Uh, some actual some news that happened with the Cardinals. We kind of got the first domino to fall in this whole sticky situation that we have going on with the uh, third party substances with the uh, the MLB. I mean, Trevor Bauer made some news early in the season where people were saying that his balls were getting you know inspected more than the other pitchers around the league, but. Uh, Joe West, the day after he breaks the all-time umpire record, he uh, goes up to the mound and inspects, I forget what the guy's name is, they call him Geo, and he comes in out of the bullpen and he tells him to switch out his hat because he has like a black mark on his hat. And then the Cardinals manager gets in a, in a tissy, he gets ejected, and now we, I mean, this is kind of the, Pandora's box is open, Dominic, because this was kind of the unwritten rule and once it happens to one player and once it happens to one team, I mean, then you have to start enforcing it around the league because then it just either sounds biased or it's not consistent. This is what we've been talking about. Yeah, but was I, I haven't heard. I mean, I'm not going to say I haven't heard, but I didn't. You're, I'm just hearing about this right now. I don't know how. Don't yell at me. But was it actually like I'm not going to say tested because you can't really test something, but was it actually deemed illegal or is it just switch your hat? Or the whatever reason they wanted him to switch his hat is because there was a suspicious black mark 
whatever black stuff on his hat, which could be dirt, could be, you know, just we're already, you know, a third into the season. So shit accrues on your hat. I mean, look at Clayton Kershaw's hat. That thing is fucking disgusting. So do you, okay, well, let me ask you this. If it doesn't happen to somebody like a Clayton Kershaw or maybe a Garrett Cole or somebody who has a little more to their name, then are you starting to call collusion or are you just kind of going with the maybe they're clean kind of stance? MLB is not clean. This shit is all over the place. They just don't want to enforce it and they probably shouldn't enforce it. Be- I mean, it's a, it's a, a sticky situation because when it comes to like the rosin and the sunscreen and kind of trying to get a grip of it, that's when it's like, okay, that's the, the batters want that because they are throwing 90 plus you know, in, or, in and around their head. You don't want to get hurt and, you know, shatter an elbow and everything of that nature. But then when it comes to the pine tar concoctions with whatever the hell they put in there to make, you know, a slider look like a wiffle ball, that's when I have an issue with it. And it's like, okay, maybe we need to, to tail it back. But as we talked about at the beginning of the season, it's so hard to mandate this unless the league comes out and has like their, their own concoction that they can have at the back, you know, at the back of the mound to have the pitchers use themselves and they can force it. But then pitchers and players are always going to, you're not going to go out there and expect everyone's hat, inspect everyone's glove and, you know, pat them down. Like they're going into an MMA fight. So it's just kind of, it's, it's really hard to expect this thing to be, enforced a hundred percent clear cut right down the middle and so that's when the first domino fell this week and joe west does it and it's like okay if you're gonna do it to one guy you need to start doing it to everybody else because there's things and suspicious stuff on other pitchers but yet that doesn't happen i like how i just unmuted and you have to fucking burp thanks jeez anyways would you be okay with every pitcher, starting pitcher, relief pitcher, everything in between? Would you be okay with an inspection before they take the mound? Or are you saying just let them play? If they get caught, they get caught. Baseball is already slow enough. I'm not trying to have a five-minute fucking cuff your nuts inspection for every single pitcher. Let them use whatever they want. Fuck it. Fuck it. Let's go. Let everyone use steroids. Put the pine tar up to the fucking knob of the bat. Who get who gives a shit? No rules. Anarchy. Dominic, what are you eating on right now? I was gonna say you can move on. I wanna unwrap my chalupa. What's the Taco Bell order, Dominic? Well, I wanted the chalupa meal, which would be like two chalupas and a and a taco and a drink, but apparently don't have the chalupa meal anymore, which is bullshit. They get away. They take away the state quesarito and make just a quesarito, which is fucking stupid. And now they took away my fucking chalupa meal. Fucking assholes. Well, can't Fuck you just you always? About. Can't you just always like upgrade to steak? I don't know. I don't can go to just, talk about that just, often anymore. You can just. I think you just ask for steak, on like anything, right? It's like a. Can we can we get off the subject of talk about? Can we just get on with the fucking podcast? No, no, we're not. This is the whole point of the podcast, just to get off topic. Okay, fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my microphone unmuted. I'm gonna eat this fucking chalupa right now, motherfucker. Oreo, take the mic. Don't drop the mic, motherfucker. Gonna open up the chalupa. Oh yeah. Mm, tomatoes. Oh my god. Oh, tomatoes. 
Delicious. One bite. We all know the rules, Dominic. What's the rating? A little bit different than what I remember. Give it like a six, six, three. Damn, a six, three. Is that on the Chalupa scale or is that on a just food in general scale? I would say probably a food in general scale because I used to really love a good Chalupa. It's it's sad to what what it is now. Still gonna eat it though. Yeah, I remember going to Taco Bell after the day after WrestleMania. Good times, good times. Anyways, let's go on to the National League West. While the Padres, yes, the San Diego Padres, they have the best record in the National League, thirty three and nineteen. They, I think, had a nine game homestand that they went undefeated on. They fought, that uh, they lost whenever to whoever this week, but. Uh, the Dodgers, second place, and the Giants tied for second place, both 31 and 20. They have split the first two games in their four-game set this weekend. Going back to last weekend in San Francisco, the Dodgers three games swept the Giants. So not good for the Giants, but they are able to kind of bounce back a little bit at uh, Dodger Stadium this week. So got to keep an eye out on that series. So the Dodgers and uh Giants kind of beating up on each other right now. And the Padres can just take care of business. They can continue to build a little bit of a lead in first place. And then Dominic's, I mean, Dominic's Rockies, they're in fourth place, 19 and 13 or 19 and 33. So they're not in last place because the Arizona Diamondbacks are absolutely fucking trash. They've lost like 11, 12 games in a row and they are 18 and 34. So sucks to be those two teams, but Obviously, we're just going to focus on the top three teams. Dominic, uh, if you've done with your Chalupa, thoughts on the top three and where they all stand in the West? Well, I got to say thank you first off to the Padres. If they uh, didn't do what they did to the, to the uh, Astros, A's might not be in first place. So congrats. Um, going to Dodgers and the Giants, I think this is where you're going to see the fight for the rest of the season and something that fans are going to want to watch is the giants and Dodgers fighting for that second place because the Padres, I, I, I think at least they're going to be set in um, where, where they're at. They're, they're going to be the division. They're guaranteed. It's going to be the Dodgers and giants fighting for placement and that wild card. It's gonna be fun to watch. Cody Bellinger is expected to be back within like a few days for the Dodgers. That's going to definitely help them. Mookie still isn't exactly up to his Mookie level, but they, they've been getting production from, from all over the place. I mean, Albert Pujols almost had a walk-off home run, but fucking whoever the left fielder is for the Giants had to just rob it. Like, come on, we couldn't have that moment. Like, that could have been like the cherry on top of it. was a good catch. Come on, you got to admit it. I don't give a shit. I wanted to see Albert Pujols hit one last walk-off bomb. Man, fuck Albert Pujols. He's a Pujo. There it is. But I, I mean, the Giants, I know some people, <clears throat> Dallas Braden, doesn't believe in the Giants. They're going to stick around. They're still, I mean, Buster Posey, Brandon Crawford. I mean, players that you don't think should be doing that well are doing fantastic right now for them. Their pitching has been solid. But 
Padres, I mean, the Padres are just super hot right now. And maybe they took advantage of playing like the Rockies and some, some trash teams. But as I always say, bad, good teams beat up on bad teams or good teams bad, beat up on bad teams. There we go. Good teams beat off bad teams, right? It, exactly. Then they just explode with win juice. But the uh, I'm going to go with Dodgers eventually get up and over the Padres at first place and the Padres stick at second and maybe the Giants fall off a little bit during the dog days. But that is uh, it for the MLB weekly standings recap. And then moving on to the NFL where I don't, I can't believe we actually have actually haven't talked about this yet, but the Julio Jones situation, it's kind of come out and he's come out and said like, he's not going to be with the Falcons anymore. Didn't get traded during the draft. OTAs are starting up. The season is right around the corner. But yet, like, the Falcons PR staff isn't really promoting him and, you know, preseason stuff. Dominic, your thoughts on the Julio Jones situation? Who, where should he go? And everything in between. Well, if I'm Mr. Jones, I'll be going to a contending team. Now, Falcons, I think, could possibly contend. They need a lot of help, which clearly their ownership and GMs aren't really fighting for. Uh, if he was smart, I would go to a team. I would either go to a contending team, be it probably Niners, uh, Kansas City. Go to a team that you know that if everything falls into place, you you can win a Super Bowl. Now, if he wants to go to make bank, that's where you go to a shitty team. Go to Jacksonville. They're shitty, but they're going to be up and coming. Go to Cleveland. Go to... Go to the Bengals. Go somewhere where you can make your nut. Now, I don't know what he wants. Um, I, don't, I don't know what he is thinking in his mind, but if it's him, he's ring chasing. He's playing long enough. He needs a ring. You just threw out Cleveland like they're trash. I mean, they were just in the playoffs. And they won a playoff game. Let's be honest here, though. They need a very versatile, explosive Receiver. I know he's not exactly what he once was, but Odell Beckham's pretty good, and Jarvis Landry's pretty good. But having all three of them, I mean Baker, it, it would be ridiculous. That that's where, if Baker Mayfield couldn't get it done, you'd cut the fuck out of him, get him out of there. I don't know salary cap and where everyone stands in in that scenario, but Cleveland does sound very interesting. I don't know if they can afford him, but. The uh, some other teams I know D hop is kind of recruiting him to get to Atlanta or to get to Arizona, uh, San Francisco. They desperately need like a big time wide receiver. If Jimmy G is kind of the right now quarterback, putting Julio in there, you got the, the Kyle Shanahan, uh, you know, relationship from Atlanta. That could be something fun to see, but it, I mean, it's just something we have to wait and see because it seems like it's inevitable but if it would have happened, I think it could have probably should have happened by now, especially before the draft. So maybe it's just all kind of, it's just a pissing contest. But then by the end of the day, he's just going to stick with Atlanta. I feel like it's going to be like an Aaron Rodgers thing where all this shit's going on and nothing's happening. Do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to leave? Is both He's not going to leave. He's either a... They're either going to trade him or two, they're going to 
he's going to wait out his contract. I, I, I don't think he'll play in Green Bay ever, ever again. So he's going to wait out his contract. So he's just going to sit on the sidelines and do nothing in 2021. In Green Bay, yes. Oh, yes. In Green Bay. In Green Bay. Okay. Okay. Then moving over to the NBA playoffs. Unfortunately, we got our first elimination, and it is my Miami Heat. <laughs> After making it to the finals last year in the bubble, they get their absolute cheeks clapped by the Milwaukee Bucks. Four game sweep. Bucks going on over. They will take on either the Brooklyn Nets or the Boston Celtics right now, Brooklyn leads two games to one. Dominic, would you like to dance on the Miami Heat's grave right now? Fuck, fuck, fuck Jimmy Butler. He's an asshole. I'm, I'm sorry, Brandon. I, I don't like the Heat. I don't like the Heat just because you like the Heat. So I'm not really dancing. I'm just dancing on your grave. Well, it's okay. At least the Miami Heat... Made it to the playoffs, unlike the Golden State Warriors who choked back-to-back games, Dominic. Uh, we kind of put the cart before the horse, and they uh, they did not make it. Your, your your thoughts, you have the floor, Dominic. You can rant and rave however you want. It's okay, because, you know, thinking about it, give Steph Curry a little time off. Come back next season, you'll have Clay, him, Wiggins, hopefully Oubre, if he wants to resign. You'll have... Um, what was what, what's the fucking rookie center's name? Um, oh my, Wiseman. Wiseman. Wiseman will be back and healthy. You know, I, I, if if Draymond stays, I think he's. I don't know if he's up for. I don't know if he's a free agent. I can't remember exactly, but if Draymond is there, Curry's the free agent. Curry's that's who it is. He's gonna get the bag. I, I'm if he goes somewhere else, I'm pretty sure he'll he'll regret it. But. He's going to get the back, don't worry. But he can't just leave Clay after two years. Exactly. So definitely Warriors looking kind of scary next season. And they have a possible top five draft pick if the Minnesota Timberwolves fall out of the top three. So they have one lottery pick guaranteed and they can possibly get two. We know the James Wiseman pick didn't exactly pan out this year. He's still young. He's like 18, 19. He didn't get a lot of experience in college. So hopefully he can turn it around but i agree especially i mean just the addition of clay thompson is going to mean so much more for the warriors and i believe it all depends on what the actual season will look like i would assume they're going to go back to normal next year they'll be like a middle of the pack western conference playoff team at least i don't know if uh, that's true or not but uh you know we'll uh, wait and see because i can't see the future we just pretend like we can see the future. Uh, talked about a little bit Brooklyn Nets and the Boston Celtics. Brooklyn up two games to one. Do you see the the Nets taking this one, securing it, and in how many games? It's going to be the Nets. It's going to be in five. Okay, okay. Then keep it on. The New York Knicks are trailing two games to one against the Atlanta Hawks. Trey Young doing his thing, and the Hawks are leading. Uh, I kind of want to see the neck the the Knicks make a sustained playoff run just for the sole reason of having Madison Square Garden jumping for playoff basketball because those two games that they had, they were a lot of fun to watch, and I, I kind of want to see it a lot more. I mean, if they can come back and have a game seven and then they win, win, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, um, 
I don't like Trey Young at all. I think he's arrogant, cocky. He's one of those players that it's all Steph know. Curry's fault. Steph Curry ruined the game. What are you talking about? He's the greatest player of all time. Um, no, sorry, I'm joking, joking. Don't don't come after me, Twitter. But um, no, I I don't like Trey Young. Just be, I, he just, yeah, it's his cockiness and arrogance. I don't I don't really care for. Um, so that's I mean, he's great. You can't take his talent away. Be fucking humble, you fucking pussy. Fuck. Then the uh, Philadelphia 76ers are up two games to zero against the Washington Wizards. Probably going either a sweep or a gentleman sweep. But the big news coming out of this was Russell Westbrook. He had a popcorn dumped, thrown, however you want to accidentally dropped on him. And he flipped the fuck out. Rightfully so. We've kind of seen this happen a lot. I mean, Honestly, it kind of seems like it's always Russ's fault. Not blaming him, but he's always he seems like he's always kind of getting into some some issues with fans. Uh, your thoughts on that situation and uh, any kind of crazy fan stories you might have, Dominic? Why would I have crazy fan stories? Oh, oh. Well, I mean, I didn't have anything in mind, but if something comes to mind, you can tell the people, Dominic. Are you talking about Shane Helms? No, I'm talking about like in the stands. Oh, um... like, some, like some drunk idiot at a Raider game. I'm talking about you now. I was not that drunk at the Raider game. Uh, whatever. Um, first going to Russ. I um, it. I mean, I, I'm not saying it was funny. I because I know that that's very rude, disrespectful. But he's an easy target. He's somebody that you know that the littlest thing is going to set him off. And some people enjoy that. You know the the was it the reaction they're going to get. So they'll call they'll call him you're a bitch just to see you know just to have him yell back yo you're a bitch or whatever they enjoy that the reaction he he gives so I'm sure that person was like you know what fuck him boop you know wanted to see what would happen definitely got kicked out for it but and probably banned for life was it worth it for him probably I wouldn't have done it um, now going about crazy, crazy fan stories I don't think uh, I don't really think I have too many crazy ones I mean besides what wasn't there a A's game where people got kicked out or something like that. Or I, I don't remember. I know somebody got kicked out behind like to our right and behind us a little bit, but I don't remember if it was because they were fighting or if it was just because they're yelling like cuss words all the time. I can't remember. I don't know if you do or not. Remember 2019, this has nothing to do with like attacking players, but it might've been a, a firework game just because of based on where we were sitting. Remember like the, the old either couple or maybe even their brother or sister. And they would just, they just were fine. And then all of a sudden they just flipped the fuck out and just started like cussing and yelling at each other. And there was children around. It was the funniest slash scariest thing I've ever seen. Was that the one when we were up, up in our normal seats? Like, we were up like high? In the, yeah, we were in like in the second deck. And it was the two in front of us, right? I thought they were behind us. Oh yeah, they were. Okay. Now, yeah, they were behind us. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, that, that was funny. I one I I st- I brought it up yesterday because you you smacked the chairs in front of us because you're going like let's go Oakland whatever I don't remember, but uh, I said be careful I'm having flashbacks to that game I think it was like one of the first games, actually I think we were sitting in the bleachers, but I remember uh, there's people like smack there's that girl that sat by herself, you know loner emo girl, and then. Everybody was like smacking the chairs, like, oh, yeah, making noise, whatever. They struck out, and then she started just beating the hell out of the chair. Do you remember that? And we were like, oh, that's your girlfriend. You're like, oh, it's not funny. Not really, to be honest. Yeah, because you don't remember all the fucking fun stuff, you dick. I mean, I might have like a 
tiny recollection of it. You don't remember, and then like like like, I think they struck out again, or like you know they fly flew out or something like that, and then she just like seven good open hand smacks to it hella hard, just one, two, 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 two. and like we all looked at each other like, God damn, bitch, like calm the fuck down. Hey, you can't, you you can't take away her love and her passion for the game. Yeah, imagine you know you're sitting at home with her watching the game, and she just beats the shouty because the A's you know lost the game. Is that a bad thing? I mean, if you're into it. Never mind. We're not going to talk about the TikTok. That's all over the place that I find hilarious. But anyways, uh, moving on over to well, the I West. Domestic violence is funny to you? Okay. No, it's like a TikTok where it's like, you know, I know I might be down bad, but I would let this woman beat the absolute dog shit out of me and just squeeze my balls and spit all over me. It's funny. I lost respect for you. Anyways, the Phoenix Suns are taking on the Los Angeles Lakers, and the Lakers are winning two to one. We kind of thought this would happen. It doesn't matter as long as LeBron is in the playoffs. He's gonna he's gonna turn it on and become the best player we've ever seen. And he's he's winning two to one right now. Do you think the momentum has swung and it's kind of a a, a ball rolling downhill and there's no stopping it? It is because Chris Paul's playoff injury curse is still haunting him chris paul 100 i think they have a fighting chance chris paul hurt lakers all the way and lebron james the goat so then the portland trailblazers taking on the denver nuggets the nuggets are two and one right now game four is tonight so big game for the trailblazers trying to even that series back up do not want to go down three to one but I mean, the Nuggets, even without Jamal Murray, they're still pretty talented. But if Damian Lillard just catches fire, it's going to be hard for Denver to stop. But I still think the Nuggets will ultimately get the win in this series. I'm really – I'm holding a hope for the Trailblazers. I really want – if they have a chance, it would be this. If they don't make it past this, then they have a lot of – you know, they need to take a step back and really examine where are they failing at because they have Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum. Uh, you have one of the top backcourts, and you're not you're not producing. So if if they can't beat the Nuggets, I, I think uh, they're gonna be they're gonna be in a rude awakening in the next coming seasons. I know this is a four five seed matchup, but maybe the most surprising of the bunch we have the Clippers taking on the Dallas Mavericks, and the Mavericks are leading two games to one. Everybody on the internet is memeing Paul George. You know, it's playoff Paul and all these other things. And the, the Mavericks are leading two games to one. They have it in their home court. They can take it up 3-1 tomorrow. Dominic, do you think they get it done? Luka is, is balling. He's doing Luka things. Or does Kawhi take it over and playoff Paul isn't playoff Paul anymore? I think the Mavericks are going to take this one. I think the Clippers, the Clippers, when they formed their super team, whatever you want to call it last year, that was their chance. Now that they see that they're vulnerable in a lot of spots and Paul George isn't Paul George or the Pacers and Kawhi is not the Kawhi of the Spurs, it's it's definitely something to be on the lookout for that they're not going to be doing much anymore 
then we got uh, the only series that, or I guess we have two series that have only played two games, but my Utah Jazz, now that they're my only team, they're my one team in the playoffs. Now the Utah Jazz are tied one-to-one with those Memphis Grizzlies who kicked the Warriors out of the playoffs, but still going to have faith. The Jazz are going to get it done, but the Grizzlies are playing good basketball right now, and you might want to stay away from them because it's the old adage that doesn't matter how you get there, but as long as you go into the playoffs hot, you have a chance. Because they are your Utah Jazz, I will say you guys are good, but the Grizzlies are gritty, and the Grizzlies will beat the Jazz. Because bears don't like music. You don't like music, Dominic? I'm not a bear. I'm a power bottom. Okay, okay. That'll do it on that note. That'll do it for us with the sports. So let's move on over to the mailbag. The fan oh, shit. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Otherwise known <laughs> as... <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> questions of the week bum bum no and friends once again but we're gonna do a random like shout out again shout out to artistic spidey for liking our i think post or video from when was this september 18th 2020 when we talked about thunder rose and ivalice apparently throwing some stiff shots at each other and that is legit because Ivelisse and Thunder Rosa do not like each other. But anyways, yes, what does Mr. X have on the docket for this week? So, Mr. X, just like every week, being the gentleman, the scholar that he is, starts off with saying hello there. So, hello, Mr. X. How are you? Great, wonderful, grand. No yelling on the bus. Mahalo. He states, after watching Dark Side of Football, I began wondering why Al Davis revolutionized the game as far as hiring practices go, did he also hurt the game by inspiring his players to do anything it took to win, in turn harming their health, especially after everything we've learned about concussions? Just win, baby. Right, Dominic? Yeah, sure. Is that your, I'm almost about a burp? Yeah. Loop of mouth yeah, that, that, was, it was my, that was my burping. Um, just win? Yeah, I mean... It's a very vague motto, but in a, I, I would like to think back in that time, everything was a lot different. So literally saying, do whatever it takes to win, just win. You know, that meant, I don't give a fuck. If you're going to knock the shit out of somebody and you get a concussion, you're going to get the fuck up and you're going to go do it again and again. So I think it's just a different era. I mean, we've seen all the different Al Davis documentaries over the past however many years, and he has a uh, you know a mixed history. Did some great things early on, did some pretty bad things later on with the uh, with the Raiders. But I mean, I don't know. I once again, I I haven't watched the actual documentary, so I don't know how much he's actually like linked to. Like, all right, guys, do the steroids. Who cares about concussions? Get back out there. I know, he was, I know he was a coach early on, but he wasn't the coach, you know, during the heyday in the 70s and 80s. But uh, like like Dominic said, it's easy to say, oh, it was a different time back then. But people know, like if you have a quote unquote concussion or you got knocked silly, 
you probably thought that that was not a good thing for your health, but you just didn't exactly know the long-term terrible bent or ter- terrible outcomes of those things. So, so yeah. Okay. Okay. That was a good, good answer, Brandon. Good answer. Well, we family the, feud going on to the next answer. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. Hey, I'm just saying, if I sign us up, you, me, studio audience, curveballs and chair shots versus trapped out of hell on family feud. Oh my fuck. Yes. Let's do it. Let's sign up. Okay. So we got a barbecue competition. We have a basketball two on two. We have a boxing match. Now we have to have a family feud. Yeah. So is it four or five in family feud? One, two, I think it's five. So you, me, studio audience. We'll throw Josh in there. And Mr. X via satellite. I was going to say Mr. X. And then they can, them two, and they get throw. Johnny Roca and maybe the trapdoor groupie. No, definitely not the trapdoor groupie. He knows, he or she knows way too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, can we go to the next question? It's a really good question. I want you to answer it. Okay. Does Jesse Winker have a shot at MVP if he keep up the way he be playing lately? Well, I know Jesse Winker is just dick slapping the ball. He just did get uh, improved to a, a diamond on MLB The Show, so shout out to him. But uh, let's pull up the old Staterunis and see what exactly he is doing. He has a 1.8 war. He has 13 home runs, 29 RBIs. So maybe you would like the RBI run totals to get bumped up a tad bit. But he's got a 349 batting average. 172 OPS plus. So, I mean, statistically, except for maybe the RBIs, you would like that to be a little higher, but he's having a fantastic season. The only problem is I know Mike Trout does this, but for Mike Trout to get it, he has the best, like he's the best player in the world that we've ever seen in 150 years of baseball. Jesse Winker isn't exactly doing that right now, but I said earlier, Chris Bryant has a, has a shot. So and if it comes down to it, if Chris Bryant might have a little bit lower numbers than Winker in some categories like a home run or slugging, then maybe Bryant gets the the nudge just because the Cubs are in contention for the playoffs. But nothing take bring away. Bring up a name. I'm just gonna bring up a name and tell me yes or no. Tatis Jr. Yes or no. I mean Tatis is right there as well. I mean maybe Tatis is the guy on the NL MVP watch. I probably should have looked up like leaders but i'm gonna look up to real quick we can compare and contrast exactly what he is doing okay so let's bring this tab on over let's try to look at both of them at the same time but i, I can't exactly do that because you know i'm not a a wizard with the uh, computer but anyways Tatis right now has a 2.2 war 14 home runs 32 rbis so he has more in that category batting average not exactly the top but it is over 300 to 302 but his OPS plus 203. So over 30 points higher than Jesse Winker. So Mr. X, I'm sorry, but uh, I know I slob on Tatis's knob all the time, but if he keeps it up and the Padres are winning the division, he's definitely winning the MVP. Winker has to step it up. I think massively for him to be in that discussion. Okay. Good answer. Good answer. Going on to a, uh, <clears throat> Long, 
long-winded statement slash question. So hold on to your seats, boys and girls, because here we go. What is one moment you had as a sports fan that you thought would be a historic moment for your team only to realize that it was to become a disappointment? For me, it was when Ken Griffey Jr. signed with the Reds. I still remember the day it was announced he was coming here. I was sitting in algebra class in high school, and someone ran in saying that Junior was going to play for the Reds. We were all excited Junior was coming home to play for the same team his dad played for. The Reds are going to be title contenders. All kinds of amazing things ran through our minds. Of course, we all how we all know how it turned out. Brandon, the question is, what I just said. What is one moment you had as a sports fan that you thought would be historic turned out to be a big, fat bummer? So the one that came to mind, and I even had mixed feelings of this at the beginning when it happened. I didn't exactly agree with the trade, but this was kind of Billy Bean's way of trying to make the move to take the A's over the top. And that would be the UNSS for this John Lester trade. That was That's the thing that kind of brings that, you know, sticks out of my mind. 2014 A's, I think we're winning the division at that point. But then Lester... You know, they take Cespedes out of the lineup, and that just completely changes the whole dynamic. Yeah, Cespedes might not have been having the best year of his career, but then the A's fall off, and they barely sneak into the playoffs. And then that heartbreaking wild card game where I buy the tickets because they're up however many runs, like in the sixth or seventh inning, and then they blow it, and then they take the lead again, and then they blow it, and then Donaldson misses the line drive down down the line by a by a frog's hair, and then they lose. So. Kind of like the same thing as, I mean, it's not the same thing as a Griffey thing, but that was definitely the one thing that came to mind when he asked that question. I'm trying to think historic moment that made me super happy. And then I just got bummed the fuck out. Um, I can't really think of anything at the moment that Randy Moss to the Raiders. How'd you feel about that? You know, at the time, I wasn't really, I'm not going to say paying attention because I still, anytime the game was on, my brother was home, we watched together, but I wouldn't say I was super, super into it as I would say I am now. Um, I would say, you know, I'm going to say it, and this is because it's the only thing that's coming to mind that I can say I was bummed out on it, and it, it, it had to be that. And this isn't the only thing. This is the only thing I can think of at the moment. And that was Marshawn going to the Raiders. Now, I knew he was retired coming out of retirement. I was like, okay, you know, I'm not expecting him to be running, you know, 1,500 yards and scoring 20 touchdowns or whatever. But I did expect to see beast mode. And I saw him maybe once or twice. He he wasn't Marshawn of old. And I was very kind of like, damn, this fucking sucks. I wanted... I expected I didn't expect the Raiders to win a Super Bowl with him either, but I did expect him to, you know, when put into the position, he could fucking get that first down. He can get that touchdown. He can get those yards that we need to get into field goal position or whatever. And he didn't. So that's the only thing I could think of. I'm not I'm I'm sure there's something way worse than that, but I can't think of it. But it was all worth it because he went to the first Raider game with Marshawn there and then he dances and then the whole the whole Coliseum goes crazy. He scored a touchdown. So it was all worth it just for that one game, right, Dominic? Yeah, but one game, but I, I don't care. I'm being selfish. That game was amazing. I know you're selfish. Okay. That is it for sports. 
We have three wrestling questions. So hold on to your facts. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Do you have gas? Then you need Taco Bell. Anyways, we're back. I was definitely expecting to take a shit <laughs> in the <laughs> microphone. <laughs> maybe, maybe next time. Um, we're going to go to the wrestling real quick. Um, after watching both the WWE biography and the Dark Side of the Ring episode about the Ultimate War, it was sad and disappointing to see how someone who was one of my all-time favorite fall from grace as fast as he did. That being said, can we say that he gained redemption in the eyes of the public before his unexpected death in 2014? Redemption? I would say no. Because, I mean, you know me. I've been outspoken about what he said and everything of that nature. And, you know, I mean, when he came back, he was doing like the whole, quote unquote, you know, power of positivity and the warrior kind of stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, for me, who doesn't have like a childhood link to him, I always not exactly rolled my eyes. I would probably say he was better than Hogan. Like, I mean, the Hogan situation is just god awful. But I mean, maybe like a little bit. Maybe it's because he came back into the public eye and he was doing. Like, Are you talking about like the legal part of Hogan? You mean like as a performer? No, I'm talking about like the racist shit. And oh, okay, I just want to make sure. I didn't. I didn't know where you're going with. It. Okay, yeah. Okay, okay. Continue. Continue. Well, I mean, I was just going to say, like, when he came back for the Hall of Fame and, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, you know, that's my childhood and the Warriors back. That's so great. And I think that's probably where I would say he kind of had a redemption a little bit. Like he had one last run. But then when it comes to like Hogan, Hogan did his thing and then he, he came back. And I mean, it's just it's kind of like a, a wet Taco Bell fart. Yeah, it stinks and you can never live it down. Yep. No. Jesus. Everybody studio audi- the studio audience accused me of ripping ass at the A's game <laughs> because it smelled like broccoli, which I didn't have broccoli that day. <laughs> yeah, that was funny because when you got up and ran to the to, was it the bathroom? Because yeah, it was the bathroom to take a pee, everybody. Now he wasn't pooping, but um a piss in a coliseum trough for the Gio- first time in a year and a half. It was so great. Mary and Joe both looked at me and Gio goes, Did he just fart? And I'm like I don't know. Did you? No. I was like, did you take a poo? He's like, no. And then that's when Mary looked at me and she, did he just fart, babe? I'm like, no, I don't know. Fuck. Ask him when he comes back. I don't know. So. So, yeah. Anyways. Get back right back right into it. The penultimate question. Dun, dun. I heard online. Some people are saying that Shayna needs to end this tag team with Naya and go after Rhea. And the Raw Women's Title is this hopefully is this hopeful thinking, or will they keep Basler? Oh my God, can't even say her name now. Will they keep Basler? There we go. In the seemingly pointless storyline and the foreseeable future with Shayna Brazler. Shayna Brazzers. What? I don't exactly know where they're going with this. I would, I don't know if I'd say this is going to be like a Nia Jax babyface turn to where Shayna is just beating the shit out of uh, Reggie. And then Nia comes and makes a save. And then they go off and do a Shayna Nia feud. But I mean, the writing's on the wall. Shayna has been around for long enough. She should have beat Becky at WrestleMania with or without the pregnancy. It doesn't matter. And then she kind of fell off. I 
maybe she did something with Oscar. I don't remember what she did last year, to be honest, outside the tag team. Let's just be honest. Let's just be happy she's on TV, okay? Because she could have easily been included in those cuts because Vince doesn't know what the fuck to do with her. I mean, she could be like Nikki Cross to where she is just happy to not lose in two minutes and then celebrate even though she was getting beat for a minute and 55 of it. Yeah, true. Anyways, last question. Are you ready? I said, are you ready? Let's get ready to ask the question. Can we expect any surprise appearances this Sunday at Double or Nothing? Well, there is technically a to-be-announced person in the Casino Battle Royale. I would assume that's probably the only thing, unless there's like some surprise appearance in the Stadium Stampede, but the Stadium Stampede is supposed to be more even keel, serious, you know, fight. So I don't think they're going to have whoever from WCW. It's Wolfie. It's Wolfie. Okay. I mean, Wolfie is going to be in the Casino Battle Royal or Wolfie is going to be in Stadium Stampede? I don't know, but either one I'll take. Okay. Okay. Uh, Do you just want to give a guess on who the mystery person would be, Dominic? Do you think it's going to be a, a relative big name? The only one that comes to mind is Andrade, but it's for a world title shot. He's facing Kenny at Triple Mania. Makes no sense to have that match before that. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Um, isn't Moose having some feud with Kenny and Impact by chance? Like, do you know anything about that? Yes, he's. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not watching Impact, but I kind of peripherally pay attention. And when you know people kind of talk about it, but yeah, they did have like a little interaction backstage, and Don Callis kind of. Well, you know, was yelling at him, not yelling at him, but, you know, doing a shmarmy, his shmarmy stick. So maybe someone from TNA, that does sound fun. That's that's what I'm leaning towards. It's going to be like Moose, Rich Swan, something like that. Um, or just throwing it out there because it's something that I just feel in the universe is going to happen eventually. But you're going to have a big name New Japan person come over. And who would be one of the biggest New Japan people, Brandon? Tomohiro Ishii. Kazucha Okada. Okada. I think it's Okada. Or Naito. I don't know. One of the two. Well, on that note, Dominic, WWE fans are returning to live crowds. And also, apparently, WWE and New Japan are in talks to possibly have a relationship to have WWE be the exclu- exclusive American home of New Japan. I guess exclusive American partner for New Japan. Tony Khan had a little interview with uh, Tony Schiavone, and he kind of just squashed that real quick, which I thought that was kind of funny. But the reports are out there. Your thoughts on the possible negotiations slash partnership between these two companies? I mean... It- if it happens, it happens. I'm not holding my breath. I really don't think it's going to happen. I think New Japan's probably going to want, you know, something big in return. But WWE is not going to want to play ball. Even though I think it'd be cool to have some, you know. The bananas are back at the Coliseum, Dominic. They're still there. Are you serious? Yep, unless they're different bananas. Fuck those bananas. Anyways. Bananas in pajamas? What a banger of a show. Anybody who wore a banana suit, kiss my ass. We're talking about wrestling. Travis is gone. Oh. 
Fuck you, Travis. Anyways, um, watch. He listens to this part. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I, I think it'd be cool to have maybe some of the lower mid tier wrestlers in WWE go to New Japan. Then you can have some of the you know bigger new New Japan stars come over and feud and you know possibly win a world title or something. I don't know. Be kind of cool. But I know that's not going to happen. Vince isn't going to allow somebody from New Japan come and win their title. I mean, an actual, you know, contracted employee of New Japan is not going to come to WWE and win a title. Just like I'm pretty sure Vince and New Japan are going to say, well, you're not sending, you know, John Cena to New Japan to win. So. I mean, honestly, like WWE and New Japan partnering would be like really fun and interesting like on the surface level, if you don't think about it and just be like, oh, Ricochet can go back and the Bullet Club can reunite and Nakamura can go back to chaos and it'd be so cool. But then when you take like the 10 seconds to think about it and the actual like political thing of, okay, what would a New Japan person do in WWE when they just get lost in the shuffle? Would it be like Okada going to Impact and that thing, that whole thing falls apart because the WWE roster is just so stacked and so loaded with talent that isn't getting utilized properly. I mean, they have like the best luchadors on the planet and they are just running around after the 24 seven title, which what the hell happened to Lucha underground, Lucha underground, Lucha house party. They had a fucking vignette promo thing like three weeks ago when we haven't seen them since like it's because Kalisto got murdered and you know, everybody only pay attention to them because of Kalisto. But yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, nothing's going to come about this. I'm still going to go with they either stick with AEW as their quote unquote American partner. But uh, I mean, it's interesting. It just the thought of WWE or the them talking to New Japan is, I think, a good thing. So the, that the only thing I have to fi- that I know wouldn't why it wouldn't work out is because a New Japan wrestler, aka their United States champion, is in AEW. But so they can how, fix that with just a single match, and he drops it. But then doesn't when that leave a sour taste in Mako's mouth that this company that. But then technically he has like two contracts. He doesn't just have an AEW contract. He has a New Japan contract as well. And Jericho kind of has the same thing. So when you think about that, it does get into like a tricky situation. Because I mean, I mean, I I would like to think that this all started because of Jericho. Because Jericho went on Stone Cold uh, Stone Cold's podcast and was like, you know, like I'm I'm you know I'm here. I I thought it never happened, but I'm here. Vince Vince is cool with it. So maybe maybe this isn't necessarily. Um, how do you say a bad that I don't think anything bad can really come from it because I think maybe Vince is starting to slowly understand that, you know, maybe, maybe we need to open a door, maybe a forbidden door, but you know, you, you can't, you can't keep trying to recycle the same material and just, you know, force, force feed it down our throats. Maybe bringing in outside people, from a company that I think is, you know, for, for lack of a better word, still very, I would say green. I'm not, well, not that green. That, that's, that makes it sound like they don't know what the fuck they're doing. I would just say from, I don't know how to explain it. Vince just, Vince, maybe he's just fucking getting with the times finally. Or maybe Triple H is finally saying, you know what, Vince, I'm going to quit if you don't fucking do something. 
thinking about like the young lions type of thing, like excursions. Like, I don't know how that would work if they have a young boy go over to NXT because NXT is kind of the whole thing is they teach how to wrestle the WWE style. So would they teach him how to wrestle the WWE style or would he just kind of be on his own and do his own thing in NXT? And that's just, that is the thing that kind of sticks out to me. And it kind of confuses me how that exactly would work out. But see, but you have AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, Ricochet, Finn Balor, Adam Cole. Uh, you have former New Japan pro wrestling people who wrestled that style that could be a liaison, so to speak, for these guys that come over here and be like, hey, make sure when you're in your match, you got to call your spots clearly. You got to make sure you know what you're doing. When you cut your promo, you got to make sure this, that, this, that. And then also when talent goes to New Japan, they can also be a liaison and say, hey, look, hey, make, they're going to be stiff. Don't be a little pussy about it. Well, we just spent however long, 10 minutes on something. That's probably not even going to happen, so. That, that's fun. Uh, sticking with the WWE news, we got some announcers that have left the company. More cuts. Uh, a lot from the digital side of things, so some kind of faceless names that uh, are behind the scenes that kind of suck. I mean, a lot of them have been there for a long, long time, and they get cut just because they say it's redundant to have like two whatever graphics departments, one for digital and one for TV. But uh, Tom Phillips, he has been released. He got kicked out of the raw chair for Adnan Verk, and Adnan Verk is also gone from WWE Adnan was more of a quote unquote mutual agreement while Tom Phillips was just straight up released. That's Dominic. Hate to see it. I'm trying to charge my computer. Hang on. Oh, it's your computer, but on the zoom call, it says it's Mary Avila. So whose computer is it? Watch your mouth woman. It's ours. What's mine is mine and what's hers is mine. Same thing. What's hers is hers and what's hers is mine. Just leave me the fuck alone. Anyways, fuck the announcers. Fuck Tom Phillips. Fuck Advarg Vark, Varkity Vark, whatever his name is. The only thing that matters is Corey Graves still there. Someone just tried to reach back for a foul ball and just almost went ass over tea kettle. But he caught the ball, so good for feet. Good for Thickums. Uncle Ham? Is it Uncle Ham? It was not Uncle Ham. It was like right behind home plate. Oh, never mind then. Five stars. Uh, I mean, Adnan, he was not very good on Raw. I mean, it kind of stuck out. He was different, which was um, which was a kind of breath of fresh air, but he was not very good. Tom Phillips, I mean, when it comes to like the corporate WWE white male announcer that they just kind of pump out, I mean, he was good, I guess. He had his moments, but... Eh, doesn't really stick at anything to me. Uh, Jimmy Smith, former Bellator UFC MMA announcer, is going to take over the Raw chair. Don't know too much about him in terms of his style and what he sounds like. I know he did more NXT pre-show things, but uh, hopefully he does have a history of being a pro wrestling fan. And, I mean, Mauro Ranallo was fantastic in his role in WWE. Not saying he's going to be like Mauro, but if he can kind of, I mean, if he's like, 70% of what Mauro is, then I'm perfectly fine with that. Well, I don't think anybody can replace that. That man was probably one of the best commentators of our time. Yeah. But, 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 but no, he had to leave. <sighs> Absolutely hate to see it. Now let's get on to the actual. Finally, uh, shows I know. Finally, we get Shotzi 
and Ember Moon taking on Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. And Shotzi and Ember get the win once again. Not exactly, anyway. not exactly loving Shotzi and Ember right now. It's kind of like I feel like it's almost kind of run its course, and I want to see them do more things as a singles act, but it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. They get the win. Look, they I guess are presumably the number one contenders now for the women's tag titles. Kai once again eats a loss like normal. Do you any uh anything from this match? I mean, it was okay. Yeah, it's okay match, but I think this is where Dakota is gonna attack Raquel and it's gonna set the next feud. So you think as a very undersized heel, Kai is going to be the heel in the situation and go after Raquel. Yeah. And she's just going to be the little gnat that Gonzalez has to smack. Yeah. All right. Then we get Pete Dune defeat Bobby Fish. So Fish's first match back from his tricep injury. Dunn gets the win. Solid match from these two guys. What you would expect. I mean, I liked it. They continue on pushing Pete Dunn. We'll talk about the match next week, but uh, anything from uh, this one? Surprised how, how well Bobby Fish went. Um, I didn't expect him to. I'm, I'm, I'm just in a minute. I didn't expect shit from him. I thought, you know, he's a tag team guy. He ain't going to do well. He, he held his own, so I'll give it to him. Hopefully going forward, we see a little bit more from him and maybe never know. Maybe he's a North American title or something like that. You never know. Maybe Cruiserweight. You never know. Never know. Uh, Raquel, not Raquel, Mercedes Martinez has a squash match. So she is back. She talks about wanting to, uh, you know, bring her name back up the ranks after the loss to Gonzalez. But it looks like she's going to be off to the side because after her match, we get some smoke and some some dark lighting. And it looks like uh, she's going to face off against Zia Lee or the scary Lear witch lady that Zia Lee bows down to which we still haven't seen what she can do in the ring because I think she's a wrestler, but I'm not exactly sure. They're still going on with that shit. I, I, I thought I, I haven't really, maybe I haven't been paying attention. Well, I think, but... I think one of, I think maybe Zyre or someone had COVID or something or another, cause they have been off TV for like maybe four or five weeks. It's been a while. Okay. That I, I, I thought so. Cause I was like, I don't remember hearing or seeing anything and I don't remember us talking about it lately. So I was like, what the fuck? But you know, I guess, I mean, Mercedes to me, I don't think, is women's champion material i just i don't to be a champion i feel like you have to connect some way with the crowd and i know someone somewhere will say well it's because she's this she connects with the crowd i just don't see her being a big money draw raquel gonzalez either but gonzalez looks probably a triple h's or vince man or whoever runs nxt in their eyes raquel looks probably a little bit better than mercedes so i just don't see it happening I think Mercedes, she's kind of, you know, I, I agree. She's not exactly going to be the top women's champion, but uh, she, you know, she has a, a good swagger about her. She's a veteran. She can lead Zaya through a, a good match. And it's going to be a, what kind of similar to Raquel and Kai Zaya, very, you know, very small for being a heel. Mercedes a little bigger, not exactly bigger, kind of like Gonzalez, but she's taller. So it might be a little uphill battle battle to get sympathy on her. But in the end, I think they're still going to build up Zaya. And she's probably going to win the feud. We get a million dollar face off between Cameron Grams and Cameron Grams. <laughs> kind of scared him. I'm not going to lie. And Ted DB Aussie, uh, LA Knight comes down and interrupts. And LA Knight beats up Cameron Grimes. And 
Ted laughs and they walk off together. I thought this was going to be like a partnership. Ted kind of teased it, saying he sees a lot of himself in uh, camograms. There's rumbling. There's there's, po- there's a possibility of the million dollar championship being presented around the corner that didn't make an appearance here. What uh, what are they going with this whole thing? Do you think you're the one that said that he's going to get either mentored slash managed by uh, Ted DiBiase? Well, first of all, I just want to say what LA Knight did to Cameron. Cameron Grimes was is that his is that his signature move finisher move because it literally looked like it was gonna be a stunner and then he just drove his head into the ground. Maybe. I I think it's fucking god awful. Well, I mean, LA Knight isn't exactly setting the world on fire in the ring. His name's not Eli anymore. Anyways, yeah, I thought I thought this was gonna be the beginning of a beautiful partnership. Ted Cameron and just nothing but money. But once again, NXT fucks it all up. Thanks. We did NXT fuck up the debut of Frankie Monet. Dominic as she debuts in a squash match, very elaborate ring entrance. And she comes in and she has floofy feathers. She's, I I think she's kind of wearing the exact same getup. She wore on the indies, no dog, but uh, she looked great, you know, before the match, during the match. What do you see from Frankie? Frankie, going to be champion. Guaranteed. She's beautiful. She's strong. Well-versed. Veteran. Has it all. Total package. Total package. Um, they, I mean, they probably paid a pretty penny for her. For her. She, you know, gets the, the fancy entrance and everything like that. So, I mean, I would assume she's going to move up the ranks. I don't know where. Oh. I mean, they had Tony Storm come out and have like a stare down. So I don't know exactly what's going on with that. I mean, in the ring, it it excites me, but Tony is definitely a heel. They've been kind of, you know, wishy-washy on Frankie. So, I mean, she's a baby face. Is it a heel heel? Like what, what do you see going on here? I, I think Frankie is more of the, she's, too i don't think she's going to be like a full-fledged heel but i don't think she'll be a full-fledged face she's going to be in that stupid middle ground where depending on who she's facing will dictate if she's a heel or a face and those wrestlers tend to sink or swim there's no okay you're kind of good you kind of need work it's you're a hit or you're not and if you're not you're gone so hopefully hopefully they cement what she is and fast we shall see about that. Then in the main event, Karrion Cross takes on Finn Balor for the NXT title. And Karrion Cross gets the win, chokes out Finn Balor. Match was, uh, it was good. Not exactly like a barn burning 50 minute classic, like a takeover, you know, other title matches have been. But, you know, for what they try to do in this match, I thought it was good. Uh, Cross wins. Finn Balor loses again. Is they implemented Paul Heyman in that? Uh, prime target video package is Balor soon to return to the main roster and is that against Roman Reigns you know I, I've heard rumors I've been reading online that somebody keeps asking for Finn and I think it's about time Finn went down there one of the main reasons was because of AEW they needed a big name to compete it worked for a little bit nothing else happened 
So I think he's run his course. He should come back up now where he goes. I, I think the only logical and the more realistic spot would be SmackDown. Go after Roman. But do you bring back fun-loving Finn? Or do you keep Finn as his badass heel or that lovable heel? Like, how do you, how do you bring him back in? Do you see demon demon King? What do you see from him? If he comes back to the main roster, I don't know. So you gotta be careful with that. I mean, I don't know with both Lashley and Roman being champions, he can go on either which way. I would assume he's going to be more of a baby face. You could play off the history of Lashley and Finn, because I believe the last time we've seen Finn in the, in the makeup was, uh, WrestleMania 35 in New York against Lashley. So maybe you try to go down that route because I think right now both of them don't have any strong contenders on the horizon. There's rumblings of John Cena maybe coming back for SummerSlam, so we will wait and see about that. But uh, when it comes to the NXT title next week, they will have Pete Dunne, Kyle Riley, and Johnny Gargano in a triple threat match to determine the winner or determine the number one contender. Four crosses title at in your house. Dominic, what do you see from this one? They've really been kind of pushing Pete Dunn. Kyler Riley is, is there. Gargano just lost the title, but yet he t- technically moves up to face Cross. And Adam Cole, nowhere to be seen. So does he get involved in this match, possibly? Yeah, I think Adam Cole will interfere, fuck over Kyle, and you're going to get either Dunn or Gargano, which in my head, do I want KN Cross to bury? Dunn or Gargano? I think you should do Gargano just because Dunn is kind of getting pushed a little bit, but then losing this match would hurt Dunn. So I'm, I'm kind of split. Um, or maybe Kyle wins and fucks over Kyle in the championship match. You never know. I don't know. I could see possibly Adam Cole, you know, fucking over Kyle O'Reilly in this one, just mainly because, you know, Adam Cole would say, I'm a champion. Why am I not in this match? Yada, yada, yada. So I'm going to lean towards Pete Dunn because they've really been kind of pushing him, trying to get a championship, no matter what it is. Gargano being a heel, undersized, everyone kind of loves him. He's the fun comedy heel. Don't know if that's exactly going to work going up against a character like Karen Cross. So I'm going to go with Dunn and Kyle as kind of the two favorites with Dunn ultimately walking out on top now let's move over to AEW dynamite real quick uh fans completely packed in the uh in daily's place it was nice to see and uh, they made their voices heard darby allen takes on cesar benoni he gets the squash or not the squash but he gets the win yada 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 and uh continuing on with the tag team with him and sting taking on page and sky dominic anything from this I, the whole Darby leading a squad of stings to the ring and then that one was being... later. That was later, Dominic. Could you get to that? Oh. Uh, Cody Rose and Anthony Agogo have a way in. They had a way in. Yes, they did, Dominic. And Cody weighs in at 218 pounds while Anthony Agogo weighs in at 219 pounds. I'm fat, dude. No way heavier than that. Fuck. Want to go to the gym? No, my job is the gym. You should work with me. Get more money. Get fit. Mm-hmm. So Bitch. are we gonna get? Are we gonna get fucking stealth, stealth Dominic by the end of 2021? Maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. 
but uh, yeah, I mean, they had a, a way in the big show was there. Sorry, Paul White was there and it was honestly kind of anticlimactic. The actual way in part was kind of weird because the big show, it almost seemed like he's never, <laughs> he's never seen a scale before. So he didn't know how to, how to work it. But uh, it's because it's not a fucking food scale, fat piece of shit. Okay. Anyways, uh, I mean, it didn't turn into like a cliche brawl at the end, but I mean, I've seen UFC weigh-ins with more intensity and a, a better way to build up a match than this. And it didn't end up in a fight. That's because Cody Roach should stick to wrestling, not fucking putting a show together. He's talent, not fucking management. Okay. Adam Page takes on Joey Janela with Sonny Kiss. I mean, Joey, where the hell has he been? I, I feel like he's one of those guys that's fallen behind and he should be utilized more, whether as a singles or with Sonny as a tag team. But Adam Page gets the win. He gets busted open hard way on kind of the top of his head hairline. And uh, Taz cuts a promo. And uh, Paige cuts a promo back. And him and Cage have a stare down. Uh, good intensity. The blood added a little bit to it. But uh, yeah, nothing really to it. Good match from Paige and Janela. Good match. Fun to see Joey back. Fun to see Sunny Kiss out there. Then uh, Eddie Kingston and John Moxley had a promo in the mud. They buried those poor $1,000 Dior shoes. This was the only real build we had to the tag team match, but Moxley kind of addressed that they aren't a tag team, but he really wants the titles and he's going to get the titles. Uh, more strong work from them, even though there were some technical difficulties with them. Starting the promo before the uh, they went to commercial and then they just faded like halfway through and then they came back and ran the thing in full. But besides that, good stuff here. See, something like that is what, for, what hurts and makes me turn off AEW because why would they and and i'm sure somebody there is going to try to oh you know it adds that you know they're they're talking a lot or i don't know but it hurts me that i'm watching a, a promo and you're fucking cutting away from it like what the fuck and it's not it's not a cliffhanger like oh i gotta come back and make sure i watch the show because i need to know what john and eddie say it goes why the fuck they do that it's fucking stupid they need to stop doing that kind of shit, honestly. You tell them, Dominic, with your degree in te broadcast television. You know, I do work for AT&T. I can just, you know, pull do the something. Plug. Pull the plug. We get uh, the segment to hype up the world title match. Pac comes out, cuts a promo, kind of. Don Callis interrupts. Omega attacks Pac. Cassidy doesn't exactly make the save, but he gets involved and shenanigans ensue. I don't feel like explaining every little detail of it. Love shenanigans. Pac's gonna beat that ass. Jade Cargill, who is not on Double or Nothing, was actually is on the show. I guess after like weeks of hype and saying she doesn't want a manager, then she just kind of goes with the lowest level manager that isn't even a manager, really. He's a lawyer. And yeah, so I guess that storyline is over with, or unless they do something else with her and kicking him to the over. curb and fucking hope it's with someone else. I, don't know. I hope it's mm -hmm. Miro takes on Dante Martin for the TNT title. Quick win, like under four minutes, makes him tap out. And uh, Jake and Lance Archer come out, and Jake cuts a promo, and Lance goes and attacks Miro. I, I mean, I. The match itself was mad, but I really did enjoy the intensity and kind of the uh, back and forth that Miro, Jake, and Lance Archer had. 
Jake the Snake in his 100-year-old body and his 200-year-old voice still cuts a mean promo. Yes, yes, he does. Uh, Hikaru Shida was in the ring with Tony Schiavone and Bryce Remsburg, and she was presented with a brand new women's title. It's almost kind of the same design. It's a little more gold, bigger, which I thought is definitely a plus. That championship needs to be a lot bigger. And uh, so she gets presented with it. Britt Baker comes out, and she got a pretty big pop, and she just doesn't exactly run down Shida, but she's kind of boasts about herself that she's going to be the new face of this era and it's not going to be 316 it's going to be dmd so baker uh walks out you know she has that swagger badassery about her and it looks like the crowd is really taken to her she will never ever hold a candle to becky lynch that's what she's trying to do and it's not going to happen yeah she's big right now the second becky comes back no one's going to fucking know her name well, okay, Dominic just ran about Britt Baker. Uh, Scorpio Sky and not Ethan, not Adam Page, Ethan Page. See, I'm confusing my damn self. They defeat Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. And then this is where Darby Allen comes out with a bunch of stings, people in sting masks. And then Scorpio Sky beats him up one by one. And then they go back to the WCW meme where a guy wearing a sting mask takes it off. And then what? Oh my God, it's sting with his face paint on. So I don't know if that's why they got the inspiration from, but I got a little chuckle out of it. You may got a chuckle, but I got a so fucking you like at least when they did it in WCW, like I'm not saying you couldn't tell it was sting, but it's a little bit harder to tell it was sting. You clearly saw that it was fucking sting. Like, Clara's fucking day, the body, everybody they brought out before him and after him, tiny-ass body, stick people. And then in the middle, you see this big, beefy, middle-aged man. Like, it's so fucking stupid, man. The Inner Circle had a celebrate. They celebrated the life and legacy of the Inner Circle in case they get disbanded after Double or Nothing. Eric Bischoff was there, and they, I mean... Everyone kind of cut their own promos talking about what the inner circle means to them. And then MJF gets on the Jumbotron and says he's going to kill. Uh, what's McCallit? What's his name? Dean Malenko. Thank you, Dominic, for the help. And that was just a trap where the inner circle gets their ass beat and the pinnacle stand tall inside the Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium. Safe to say, because of that, the inner circle will be victorious this Sunday at. Double or nothing. Damn, Dominic, don't spoil your preview because, yes, we will get into the double or nothing prediction right now on the pre-show. Serena Deeb takes on a Riho for the NWA Women's Championship. Deeb had a really good match against Velvet, uh, Red Velvet on Dynamite last week. Should be another one again, but do you see Riho possibly taking the title from her? Never, because Riho... Is AEW not a NWA? I will agree. I'm going to go with Serena Deeb on this one. Then the Casino Battle Royale. Everyone has been announced except for one person. Christian Cage is kind of the presumptive favorite, but I'm going to go with Jungle Boy. I don't know. I'm just I'm feeling it. He's a baby face. I I mean I know the Christian. They brought him in early. They had the face off with Kenny. But I almost feel like it's one of those things where it's too obvious. Give it to Jungle Boy. He can have a, a match with Kenny on Dynamite or whatever the 
Clash of Champions level show they're going to have before All Out. Dominic, who do you see winning this one? Going to go into my pocket and pull out a little name right here, and it's called Jay White. The Switchblade will make his AEW debut because the OG Bullet Club members, blah, 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 Jay White, blah, blah. Jay White. Go on, Jay White. Okay. Then we got Adam Page take it on Brian Cage in a match that I think would be really, really fun if given the time, which is kind of the, the bad thing about this AEW pay-per-views is kind of everyone gets time, so it ends up being really, really long. But maybe this will be early enough on in the show that I'm going to really enjoy this. But I'm going to go with Paige, get the win. He continues on his build and will be the one to unseat Kenny Omega for the title. Page over Cage to get paid. Yes. Adam Page. The American Dream. Cody Rhodes is going to take on Anthony Agogo. This is, I think, either in real life or in kayfabe, Agogo's third career match. I really hope they've been kind of running through this and practicing this match a lot. Not exactly the hottest match on the card, but they, they put in some time with this, with the QT Marshall thing. I'm going to go with Cody. I know you want to make Agogo seem like a big deal, but I just I don't see it in him right now. He doesn't need to be on an undefeated streak. Maybe you can tell the story of him being a rookie and something got the better of him or whatever, but give it to Cody. He gets the win in a passable match, in a, in a good enough match, I'll say. I, I'm going to give it to Cody. I think Cody needs to be – he needs to go over strong, Cody. I, I, I think Anthony – Needs to be treated as such. Maybe get a few shots, but nothing major. If he does, I feel like it's hurting the business. Damn kids killing the business. Sting and Darby Allen take on Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. This is going to be Sting's first time live back in an actual wrestling ring. Dominic, you're the Sting guy on the podcast. Do you feel like this is built up big enough? Not enough? About right? How are you feeling about Sting finally making his in-ring return? I feel like it's a little lackluster going against Sky and Page. Um, now, I didn't need him going against, you know, a legend and or like somebody like a Kenny or a Mox or something like that. But I think his first match back should have been a little bit bigger and maybe a little, you know, a little bit like more meaningful. But I, I have been liking what the, he's been doing with Darby, so I'm not I'm not I'm trying to bite my tongue and not complain too much. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. Like maybe if he did it with the team Taz when that was built up so much for such a long period of time, it would make be a bigger deal. But with kind of a thrown together tag team with Sky and Page, it's like okay, like it's fine. But it, it but it's also like Sting has always been on Dynamite, so it's almost kind of like you can't. Make it seem like it's that big of a deal when he's been on Dynamite, getting involved, not exactly, you know, wrestling, wrestling, but, you know, he just hit a Scorpion death drop and do some moves every now and then. So it's not, I think, as big of a deal as maybe as what we thought it could have been when he first showed up because he's more of an everyday figure on AEW. He should just go back to TNA, do a couple matches, and then retire. 
Maybe, maybe. Then we get Amiro taking on Lance Archer for the TNT title. This one also can be a sneaky good. Uh, two big old thick boys, big beefy men bumping meat, Dominic, in this one. Hell yeah. What? I said hell yeah. That just said Haley. That just said Haley after I talked about big beefy <laughs> men bumping meat. I'm like, uh, good thing none no, of the Gunnarsons listen to this part of the podcast, no, or else you'd no, be in big, big trouble. No. Well, Haley does. I mean, sorry, Miss Haley does, right? Miss Haley, number one fan of the podcast. She might not listen to it, but she at least has it on and she like runs it through to pad the stats. She really does. That's so nice. Of her. Yeah, she, she get her, she'll she'll put get her it card. on. She'll like turn the volume all the way down. She'll set her phone down while she's going to bed. So, you know, it'll run through, but she's not actually listening to it, but it's okay. We should get we her a card. Yes, we'll get her a card. Thank you for padding her stats. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I got Miro retaining. I know it's, you know, Lance Archer. Maybe he kind of go with the murder hawk. Fuck it. I'll, 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 I think we've been on the same page this whole time. So I'll, I'll, I'll fade you go with the murder hawk. Okay. Okay. Then did you even, oh yeah, you said Jay white. So we have one differentiating pick, uh, then the, but, but, but are we getting graded on where are you, are you picking the mystery pick to win? I mean, am, am I jungle boys advertised? Okay. So you're picking jungle boy and I'm picking Jay white who, okay. Well, okay. Then I, I don't want to pick Jay white then. Dominic, there's not a title on the line or anything. We're just having fun. I'm going with Moose. Okay. Then the Young Bucks take on Eddie Kingston and John Moxley for the tag titles. Young Bucks have had have the titles for a little bit now, but do you think it's time? Does the feud call for it? Do you think they get more out of this? What's going on here? Their time is up. Moxley, Kingston's time is now, now, now. You can't see them. Their time is now. Damn, now. Dominic. I was trying to be fancy and go with Moxley and Kingston. So look, we are on the same. We're on the same page on this show. I don't I know if it's a good you. thing or a bad thing. I'll love you more. Not possible. Yes, possible. Shout out a uh, Finding Carter. I think that's what the show is called. Uh, Hikaru Shida takes on a Britt Baker for the women's title. I think everyone and their mother thinks it's Britt Baker's time. Not exactly a bad thing. This can be a foregone conclusion. Dominic, do you see it going the same way? I only want to see it happen if Britt wins clean. If she, because that will, I'm not going to say cement her as the dominant female wrestler in AEW, but it would be so much better for storyline wise to have her beat her clean. Even, even if it's just a out of nowhere roll up, no, but no tights, no rope, no nothing. If it's clean, I would want I want to see Britt Baker win. If it's going to be dirty, keep the title on Cheetah. I kind of agree with you. I mean, I know you don't want to have shitty finishes, especially on your pay-per-views, but Britt, Britt Baker's going to win. Maybe Reba gets involved a little bit like midway through and she gets tossed. So then the story is Britt has to do this on her own. Last time they fought, Sheeta broke her nose, but Britt is able to overcome everything. I know this is kind of a baby face story, but I think, honestly, with crowds returning by the end of 2021, Britt Baker's going to be a babyface, even though she might be playing the same character. It's gonna be, you, you said it. It is going to probably be like Becky Lynch, but maybe not as big. I agree. I, I wholeheartedly agree with what you just said. Aww. Then, Dominic, what is the main event? Is it the AEW title triple threat, stadium stampede, or maybe the women's match? It's going to be the stadium stampede. 
So then we'll talk about the triple threat match for the AEW championship, Kenny Omega, Pac, and Orange Cassidy. The story really is between Omega and Cassidy, but I guess they didn't think they could get that much out of it in terms of like a match. They just threw Pac in there to kind of do athletic things with Kenny while Cassidy does his shtick for however many minutes he can do his shtick. But uh, yeah, I mean, match should be good in ring, but I think Kenny gets the job done here. Kenny will retain. Orange Cassidy will eat the pin. So Pac, Pac, Neville, whatever his name is, will hopefully in the future be considered for another match. Because I do think Pac is capable of holding down the AW World Heavyweight Championship. I don't think he should be stuck to anything lesser than that. He deserves it. So... I think Kenny will retain, Cassidy will eat the pin, and Pac will fight to live to fight another day. I think that seems like the logical scenario because they have protected Pac such so much. The storyline is Kenny and Cassidy, so maybe having him beat him, and that just kind of puts an exclamation point on Kenny. Then the main event, Stadium Stampede to the Pinnacle, take on the Inner Circle. As we said, the Pinnacle stand tall. On Dynamite, if the Inner Circle lose, they have to break up. What are you expecting from this? Any comedy whatsoever, or is it going to be a straightforward five-on-five brawl with no shtick? What? I could... Oh, hang on, I'm going to cough. Oh, you're not going to okay. cough on the, on the microphone? Because I'm trying to be how I can... Um... I, I do have a feeling that maybe the inner circle might gang a new member. Um, if they, def- if they're defecting from pinnacle, if it's somebody from the outside, I don't know. My God, what was that? Was that a barking spider? Holy shit. Um, but I, I think inner circle will win just because the pinnacle have gotten so much over them that I, it's time for Inner Circle to, to, to raise their hands. So I'm going with Inner Circle. Yeah, I'm going with Inner Circle as well. You can get you can still get so much out of this feud. Not exactly group versus group, but you still have Jericho, MJF, you know, the tag teams, Sammy and uh, fucking Ty Dellinger, whatever the hell his name is, and uh, Swagger, Swag, Swagger and Road Wardlow. You can just kind of, you know, take that one or leave it. But they can just get fired. Who gives a shit? I mean, Wardlow, I think Wardlow has some legitimate upside now. Jake Hager, on the other hand, that one, I could take it or leave it. But Dominic and I really kind of on the same page for Double or Nothing. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but that is it for us. Clocking in at almost two hours, I believe. You know, we're doing better than a Trapdoor to Hell. They've been, they've been kind of lacking lately. They've been like turning in sub 130 episodes, Dominic. Travis, I'm coming for you. Yours no. was that, you know, no. okay. No, I didn't say it. I can allude to it, but I can't say it. I mean, I think maybe you shouldn't allude to it at all, but but I didn't say it. But you do, you boo. So, Dominic and I, Coming for you, be, cracker. Dominic, are we going to be reunited again? Two in two days and three days, two times time? in three days. What time? Once again, AW Dynamite for you guys who are not remembering it uh, starts proper at five o'clock. There's the pre show, 
starting at whatever 4 30 so uh you know if you want to get there a little i would probably say don't get here a little bit early because i probably want to get the pizza later so it can be as you know so fresh and as possible coming out of the little caesar's little easy makeup pre-show is just serena deep right just that match yes i believe the casino battle royale is on the show proper okay so we'll be there no earlier than like 4 50 okay but so at 459. I will text you just to confirm. I don't know. Um, I know we want to go check out this place for for our wedding. It's it's not for before gone that we're gonna go to this place, but you know, we need to go check it out. So we're gonna do that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone's looking for some place, you know, what date would this uh, event be taking place? I haven't gotten that far yet. I haven't got, we, we want to try to find the place. We Well, she's never been there, so we're going to take a look at it first and then go from oh, there. Okay, okay, okay. Got to find the place, see what they got available for dates, and then start planning. Okay, okay. So a curveballs, and chair shots. curveballs and chair shots wedding coming soon, everybody. BYOB, bring your own bitch. Not, not going to say anything. Not going to say anything. Yeah, yo, bitches. Mm-hmm. Your bitch is a bitch, 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 bitch. Anyways, thank you guys very much for tuning in. If you would like to be a part of the show and email us or ask a question, email is curveball and cs at gmail.com. Follow us on the socials, curveballs and cs on Twitter and Instagram. We are also on Facebook and YouTube, TikTok. Got a link tree in the description of the podcast. So all the links, everything will be right there. You can just click on it. So easy. So simple. Dominic, anything you want to say to the people before we sign off? What episode are we on again? One what? 188. So I'll I'll put a pull up in a couple weeks of what our new songs should be. Our intro and extra, extra. And on that note, Dominic just had a Taco Bell stroke. So thank you all very much for tuning in. We will be back next week. Dominic, Friday, Saturday. What are we, what are we talking about? I don't know. I don't know yet. I'll let all you right. know. TBA on the time. Maybe we're going to go back to our roots and have more Saturday podcast. But until next time. My name is Bryn. My name has been Brandon Tingum. I think it still is Brandon Tingum, but that guy over there is still Dominic Hobson. And for the studio audience and the mascot and for Mr. X and the bananas. And for Taco Bell being a bunch of bitches. And for Taco Bell and Dominic Chalupa and the bananas at the A's game and everybody in between. Goodbye and good night. Uh, Bye-bye.